Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased to introduce my guest this evening, Cynthia Dialba. Cynthia writes contemporary, sexy Southern romance. Her heroes need a little taming, and her heroines need a little fun. Her titles include the Texas Montgomery Maverick series. So welcome, Cynthia, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. So pleased you could join me this evening. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, maybe you can start by telling us what you mean by sexy Southern romance. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your series. Love to. Um, all of my settings are going to be in the South. And the first, the series, Texas Montgomery Mavericks, is primarily Texas. Um, I do venture into Arkansas in one of the books. And then I have a, a book that will be coming out in February that I'm not promoting yet, but it's coming out in February, where actually two weeks of it takes place on a Caribbean island. So, but it's primarily all South. And that's, um, that's because I grew up in the South, and that's really what I know. Um, if I set a book in North Dakota, it probably, y'all would quickly find out I'm a fraud. So I'll keep everything in the South. And they're sexy in that they're not erotic from the standpoint of the definition of an erotic romance, but I don't close the door. When my characters get together and they have sex, then you're there too. And so it's it's very much um, a loving scene more than a sex scene. They're making love, if that makes sense to you. It sure does. It sure does. Well, I think it's very interesting that you focus on the area of the country that you're from and because, you know, it's that old adage, write what you know. And I, I sometimes think when you stay close to home and stay close to in settings that you're so familiar with, I think it opens you up in a lot of ways to then focus on other things, right? Because you don't have to do a lot of research about the South, right? Because it's, it's who you are. It's where you live. And you just know things. You know how people phrase things. You know how people act when they, you know, how they decorate their homes. I mean, you know a lot of the basics that you can incorporate those little um, nuances, with, almost like without thinking, right? Because it's second nature. Yeah. Second nature. And yeah, so, um, absolutely. Although, yeah. you know, like I said, <clears throat> I, I think especially um, in doing romance, too, I think it's, it's just you can really focus on the characters and their relationship, and, and you don't have, that's where you can focus your energies. And that's why I actually set a lot of my books in locales that I'm familiar with, either in Mm -hmm. New York, because I'm from New York, um, or I I set them in Ireland, where my family is from and where my husband's from. So, yeah, I think sometimes writing what you know is is a good way to go. And so maybe you could tell us a little bit about your writing journey. How long have you been writing? It's pretty short. I, um, I started writing around 06, and I started winning writing contests in 07, and um, but then I took, sort of stepped back for about a year or so and, and, and tried to focus on what I wanted to write. And I think, and, and you're going to remember this, when you first started writing, you're, you're just all over the place. I mean, am I going to write paranormal? Am I going to write contemporary? Am I going to write, you know, you just, you're just all over the place. And so I think it really took me a few, a few years to find my voice and find my comfort zone. And my voice is contemporary. Um, love historical romance, 
love it. Couldn't write it on, on a bet, but I love it. And when I need a break, I go grab a good historical romance. And, and re- that's what I started reading with historicals. And so I still love them, but I just can't write them. And then mm-hmm. in 2010, I won a couple of contests with a book called Texas Two-Step. And um, I, I won the Launching a Star, um, the, uh, the Florida contest that Space Coast Writers uh, does, and the Golden Palm, which is the uh, Florida Romance Writers. And that got me a lot of ends. And um, earlier that year, I had sent around a paranormal that between me and you, we'll just stay under the bed. It will never see the light of day. But I got a, yeah, yeah, really, it was really bad. But I got a nice note from this editor who says, oh, no, I can't buy this. But she, you know, she told me things that she didn't like about it, but she said, I like your voice. I really like your voice. Do you have anything else? And so when I won this contest and I had to finish writing the book because, you know, you get the request, I thought, well, I'm going to send it to this editor at this at Samhain who said they liked my voice and see what she thinks. So I sent it to her, and sure enough, that's who bought it. And so, um, you know, if you, it, it, was a, it, it was great because it's been a, a great match made in heaven for me. Uh, Samhain has just been a fabulous house to be with. And um, so Texas Two-Step was my first book, and that's how it came around. But at Texas Two-Step, you know, we talked about me writing what I know, but Texas Two-Step started out as an Italian prince. So, I mean, trust me, that was bad, too, until until my hero said, excuse me, ma'am, I don't, you know, I'm not an Italian prince, I'm a Texas cowboy, and I wear jeans, and I wear a cowboy hat, and once we got settled on that, it flowed pretty easily. Wow. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've had quite a ride in terms of your writing journey, and it also sounds like you were very active in RWA, because I, I, um, a lot of I, I only know like the names of those contests because they're chapter contests, and I was also a bit of a contest slut in my yeah. uh, beginning of my career because, <laughs> well, you know, I think it serves a couple of, I, I think it gives you the shot in the arm, you know, finaling, even though like you get a plaque, you know, but finaling, I think it's a shot in the arm because you're kind of in a bubble when you're writing, and you know, who are you sending it to? Your mom, your friends, even your writing yeah. partners. You know, they're kind of in the same boat as you, and, and they're not always that honest. But some of these contest people are really honest, maybe a little too honest. Uh, and then so after, you know, <laughs> with my first book, Gold Coast Wives, I mean, it got ripped to shred the first few contests. I mean, really, really mean. And, but it was, it was helpful. I needed to hear that because it told me things that other people wouldn't tell me, either because they didn't want to hurt mm-hmm. my feelings or if it was like people like my family, they just don't know enough about writing to be able to tell you what's wrong and what's not working. And so my, I had one contest judge, and I wish I knew who it was because I'd send her a bunch of flowers, but she wrote me, she, she wrote in her critique, she said, look, you know, because I, I was, of course, writing about a lawyer from New York because, again, it's write what you know. And she said, look, no one really cares about your summer associate experience or this character's childhood, you know, when the book is about when she's 45 years old. So you've got to figure out where your story starts. And that was right. like a light bulb finally went off. I was like, oh, okay. And that has helped me in all the other books I've done because I always think, okay, where is the action? And that's where I'm going to start. And, it, you know, because I think as writers, you're – you want to think about your characters. You you want to know the background, and that's important to maybe write or think about, but it's not important to put in your book. And the only way I found that was by being a contest slut. So uh, it well, sounds but, like but, but, not only did absolutely. You- 
you know, one of the things that you're saying that I hear you saying that I think a mistake a lot of people make early and is they start the stories in the wrong place. You know, you gave all that background and they're saying, hey, you don't want to do that. And, and I think that's a very common newbie mistake. And that's the reason why I agree with you. I think the contests are such a good idea. Now, one of the things I did this year was I have a romantic suspense that I'm playing with, and I sent it to a contest. This is because I won, and, and I finaled it. It came in second. But I sent it because nobody knew who I was at this chapter. They'd, they'd never heard of me, in my, you know, and I just sent it to them to get some feedback to see what they would say about my voice as a romantic suspense, just because I was curious. It was a story I wanted to write. So I think that, that contests do serve a good purpose, and you are absolutely right in what you're saying, in that you get the feedback that you need from from them um, because they don't know you and they have no vested interest really in maintaining a friendship with you. You know, it's just a blind entry. So it serves a great purpose. Unfortunately, um, I see that a lot of the contests aren't getting the entries that they used to get because I think a lot of people are skipping that and going straight to self-publishing. And that may be great for some people. For others, they may not. They may think they're ready and maybe they aren't quite there yet in a few uh, contests might really help them recognize how they could better um, structure their story or better trim their story, tighten their story, you know, buff it up just a little bit. So I, I hate seeing that so many of them are sort of skipping contests because, like you, I got a lot of valuable feedback out of it uh, besides the positive strokes when you final. Right, right. And, and also the 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 contacts you got in the industry uh, that eventually helped you place your work so I, yes. I do think they're invaluable I think there's probably two reasons I think also they are rather expensive you know for some people and so and especially if you're a contest slut yeah. and you're you're sending yeah. them off all the time uh, so I think yep. that's maybe one reason but I, I think it's an interesting point that you raise is that people are, are going to self-publishing and it's actually a point I've touched on in the last more recent shows because it's great that people have the option to self-publish, but I think it's also something that people should think twice about before they do because you may think you're ready, like you said, and you're not. And you sometimes don't know what you don't know. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I think you almost do yourself a disservice mm-hmm. if you don't allow yourself the time to grow as a writer. And like you, I started writing actually later than you did. I probably started in 2008, 2009. And I've just learned so much in these last few years Mm-hmm. And while I thought my first book was just rocking, because I'm one of those writers, like some people <laughs> just love everything they write and some people hate everything they write. I'm the first part. Like I just think everything I write is amazing, and it's really hard for me <laughs> to <laughs> to understand. Like, no, it's really not that great. You have to work on it a little bit more. But, you know, I'm glad that I didn't self-publish my first book. I'm glad it went through iterations of edits, um, you know, responding to what, agents told me was wrong with it, responding to what these contest people told was wrong with it, and then having my publisher go through and, and strip it down. Because it's not even that it was a better finished product, it's I became a better writer at the end of it. I, yeah. you know, yeah. And you can only, writing is, is by doing, and, and it's not by sitting by yourself, say, writing something and then throwing it out into the world. That's just, yeah. like you said, it's doing yourself a disservice as a writer. Now, maybe I, I agree. Talk a little, no, I, I agree, and, and, and mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm sure that, well, maybe after this, after this uh, people hear this interview, we'll inspire some of them to enter a contest. Uh, 
Um, so it sounds like you're a member of RWA. Do you uh, have any critique partners, or you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about your writing process? Okay. Um, my writing process is pretty chaotic, but I always start. You know, people always talk about where do you start. Mine always start with the characters, and it's always the characters, and it's always just a scene, and. And it, and it goes from there. I never have the story and then try to figure out the characters that fit into that story. The other weird thing is I have to have the right name. Um, the, I, I'm working on a book. The, it would be the, the third book in the Texas Montgomery series. And my heroine simply did not like her name. And I mean, I had the hardest time wrestling with that story until I got the name correct. And Or... or one that we, we both could live with. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I've talked to enough authors to know that if the name is wrong, then it just doesn't flow right for you. But I do, I belong to a critique group, and um, Angie Campbell, Angela Campbell, who's one of the um, new uh, writers of authors that have been picked up with one of the uh, HarperCollins Internet line, and uh, Pamela Heron, who's with uh, Harlequin, in their super romance, and Sandra Jones, who um, has got some Avon stuff out there. And so they're, they're the three ones that mainly read my stuff and, and give me feedback on it, and invaluable feedback, absolutely invaluable feedback. And it's funny, they, whenever it comes back, I pretty much just incorporate what they've told me because it's always so on-the-nose correct. Um, Occasionally they give me story critique, but more than anything, they will really work with me on uh, structure, um, how how mm-hmm. things are put together. But I have a tendency to be wordy and long-winded. <laughs> no kidding, right? And uh, so it, it's they will help me sort of tighten it up when I need to tighten it up. So they've been they've been great to work with me, and and I've been to a number of different critique partners over the years. And that's the other thing that I think authors struggle with is finding good critique partners. Um, I've had critique partners or I've worked with authors that just rewrote everything I wrote and said, oh, that isn't how I would say it. I would have said it like this. Well. No, you know that's that's not the idea. You don't go put your voice into their into the work. So that didn't work. And I think you know what I, you know how it is when you're trying to find the right chemistry, and and it, it'll take a number of different gyrations maybe to get it there, uh, so that they they realize that, that that you have that kind of relationship that you can uh, be honest with each other and, and get the feedback that you need. So I think that's. That's where I am right now is, is I've been working with these girls, and I know that um, Sandy Jones and um, Angie Campbell have been the ones that, that did the most of the critiquing and helping with uh, Texas Tango, the one that, that came out this week. So, you know, I, I am indebted to, to them for their help, for sure, very indebted to them. And then I have a well, really think, good group. I think you actually raised a really good point, and it's actually a point that I'm going to be talking about uh on a presentation that I'm giving this weekend at the Huntington Library with my, um, my some of my members, um, co-members at the Long Island Romance Writers, and we're, one of the topics I'll be talking about is editing and critique groups. And one of mm-hmm. the things I think, especially beginner writers, have to be very, very cautious of is taking criticism too much, right? Just incorporating mm-hmm. everything. 
you know, and, and just because, and, and I think it's very, and you see the dynamics when you belong to a writer's group where there could be somebody with a very strong, forceful personality and they'll be saying things like, you should do this with this character, you should oh, do that. And yes. People have said that to me. And I actually turned to someone and said, no, no, it's my book. <laughs> so she's not going to do that. She's going to do this. You have to incorporate mm-hmm. the good parts of critique and criticism and, and certainly take it in. But ultimately, it's your decision what goes into your book. And you have to only put in things that feel true to you and to your characters. So, you know, it's, it sounds like you found a really good group. But like you said, it, it, sometimes you have to go through some iterations. And I think you also have to be willing to put as much in as you're taking out, right? And, and that's right. always a problem for me because I don't have that much writing time. So I've never really been able to commit to to a critique partner giving that give and take, so, um, which is why I was a contest slut. But, um, <laughs> no, it, you know, it, it, what, it sounds like... One thing I do want to add is, is I talked, you know, I said that I went through a period where I didn't write. And since you're talking about this, let me just, you can throw this out at your talk. But I got a piece of advice from someone that, who will completely rename, rename, uh, name, uh, nameless. And they said to me on a story that they were critiquing for me, you can't do that. You can't do that. Why not? Well, you just can't do that. And, and I got so much negative feedback on something I was working on that it froze me for probably eight months. And, I, I mean, I don't know that I wrote a word for, for long periods of time and I would try to write and, and that voice in my head of, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. And so I think that, that as um, authors, when you're working with uh, aspiring writers or young writers, and I and I've been I was a terrible initial critique partner because I didn't really understand that. But I'm careful about uh, crushing them with too much negativity in in what you're saying because that's what happened to me. And that story, which is ne- I never finished the book, and it's a fabulous story. And I actually think after all this time, it's been about five years since that happened. I actually think I'm gonna next year I'm gonna sit down and write that book. And it may not be for anybody but me, but I still want to tell that story. And I've realized that person's wrong. I can do that. What I wanted to do in that story, of course I can do that. There's no reason why I couldn't. It's your you world. Know, couldn't. Yeah, exactly. It's your world. Exactly. It's your it's your world. And also I think, look, I think some people are kind of caught up in the romance, quote, rules. Yeah. And I think the reality is there are no rules anymore. Not really. I mean, there's been so many changes in, in romance, the different new genres. And, even, and, and look, even if you want to do something that's outside the box and, and isn't quite following the happily ever after or whatever the, the rules are, well, then char- not, don't characterize it as romance. Characterize it as something else. I mean, it's your mm-hmm. world. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, sometimes you, mm-hmm. just write the, you have to ultimately write the story for yourself. And then if it finds an audience, then it finds an audience. That's how I write because my right. attitude is, you know, I'm spending a year with a character, right, and, and these stories. Mm-hmm. And if I'm spending all my free time with these characters, then it's going to be something that I want to write. Because if you force something, if it's not really what interests you or what's grabbing you, then it's going to come across as flat, you know. And it may, Mm -hmm. you know, obey the rules, the quote rules, but it won't obey the most important rule, which is writing a good book and writing something that grabs people and has Mm -hmm. passion. 
that reflects yep. your passion for it. So, no, I think that's a great, great piece of advice. I really do. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe we can yeah. talk a little bit about um, promotion. Now, what have you been doing? I know that you had mentioned that you're in the middle of a blog tour. Maybe you could talk a little I bit am. about that. Okay. Here's hey, a, a promotion. I've probably done more or, and in the process of doing more promotion for Texas Tango than I did for my original book, but um, I've, I had a, a, a fabulous review in a Nashville newspaper, and it hit mm, Gannett News. It may have gotten into like 20 different online newspapers. So that was a little bit of promotion and local newspapers. And then I've got a blog tour going. It started um, really over the weekend and runs about three weeks. And every day I post where I'm going to be on my personal blog, uh, which they can get to just by typing my name in, which would be C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-B-A.com and going to the blog. And there will be links every day to where I am. And during the tour, um, I've got such cute prizes to give out. Um, I did. I decided not to give out books because even though we're, we're going for readers, most of us have a to-be-read pile that would, you know, rival the Leaning Tower of Pisa if they're like me. <laughs> and so I'm giving them. Um, this year, I'm giving out Christmas ornaments. They're cowboy western Christmas ornaments, um, hats and saddles and, and cowboy boots. They're so cute. And every stop, I'm picking somebody to get that. And then. There's a, a tour, uh, during the tour I've got a, um, some jewelry I'm giving out, a couple of buckle rings and a black and white diamond swirl ring and a, a couple of bracelets and, oh, wow. um, and a, mon- a monogram bag with their name on it full of just all sorts of, of swag that I've picked up so it'll be personalized to them. And then I'm running a contest for just book reviewers that if they review my book, um, there is a a uh, place that they can go and enter a raffle copter, put, give me the link for the review, and at the end of the month I'm going to pull a $25 gift card out for anybody who posted a review for my book. Um, they'll be put into the drawing for a $25 gift card to whatever online store they want. I, you know, it doesn't matter to me where they want it to go. I'll just If they can get it online, they can have it. So those are the kinds of things that I'm trying to do um, this time. I've got a street team that I've never had before, and, and they are fabulous. Oh, my God, I love my street team. These girls have just been, they're funny and they're supportive and um, they they just, they're so enthusiastic. So I'm very excited. I'm going to do a blog on them later this month where I'm just going to feature the girls in my blog and that are on my street team. So everybody kind of get an idea that of who they are and, and, and they're really getting out there and trying to help spread the word for, for my books and inviting me to book clubs to speak and, and things like that. And you know how it is when you're a, uh, you don't have a lot of books out. It's you have to work to get your name out there. And um, so that's what I'm doing for promotion. And gosh, if you've got any good ideas that I haven't suggested, offer them up because I'd love to have a few, Bernadette. <laughs> well, no, it sounds like you're doing so much. And please make sure that you like the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page because if you do that, you give me the information. I, oh, you have. Okay, well then send yeah. me a message or even send me – I'll make sure to um, post um, after the interview, post information about this blog Good. tour because I think – this sounds and this contest it sounds amazing and I want to make sure that all the listeners and all the people who like 
the page find out about it and spread the oh, word because it sounds amazing. I mean, diamond rings, that sounds – who who doesn't like diamond oh, rings, it's, right? It's, so. it's a cute – they're very cute. They're very cute prices. Oh, I love the buckle rings. I've got two buckle rings on there that are precious. And then I've got one that's a – I'd have to look it up. It's a five-and-a-half carat um, – Bracelet. Let me tell you what the. I'd have to. I'll have to look up the stones. But, it, well, it's all there. You can go see it. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous bracelet. And and I'm going to pull those at the end of the month. So that thing runs oh, all perfect. month long. You can enter it a gajillion times if you want to. You know. And same with the well, winning of the, of the yeah. of the ornaments. You can win more than one. And I'm not sending those out to the end of the month. So that if I had somebody wins on more than one blog, I can make sure they get different ornaments and don't get. Oh, cool. Well, I love Christmas. Thing. I love Christmas ornaments, so that's great. That's great. <laughs> now, so that no, it sounds like you're putting a lot of effort into it, and you know, maybe you could tell us just in a few words uh, about what a street team is, because maybe not everyone knows what a street team is. How do you use a street team, and you know, where can people get one? <laughs> Well, you call it street teams. One, no, I'm just kidding. Um, there, it, I've never used one. It's my first time, and um, I have. Have kind of put the call out. Some girls answered the call and said, "Yes, we'll help you." And these are um, readers. They're always readers, and they're readers that have liked my books or enjoy my voice. They like uh, reading about cowboys. They like the the settings. They like romance. And then what I do is when we we have a little private group on Facebook, and I send them. Uh, the swag. I send them things that they can give out to people. I send them. I send them postcards. I sent bookmarks. Um, each of them have already gotten a Christmas ornament. They got the Christmas ornament ahead of time. Each of them got a um, a book bag with their name in, uh, embroidered on it. And um, then they've got jar openers. Oh. My jar openers, Brendan. I really need to send you a jar opener. I have these wonderful, cute <laughs> jar openers. One is 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 a, a cowboy boot, and one of the jar openers is the shape of Texas, and one of them is a big old cowboy hat. And they're for my different books, and so some people collect them because you can get you know different different kinds. So I send that out to them, and one of the girls is um, I'm going to talk to her book club. So I sent them some books. I sent. Um, a lot of the books that I have picked up from other authors, not my books, but from other authors to share the books that I like. And so I sent them books. And so what their goal, what their purpose is as a street team is to help me um, find new readers, help get, you know, pass out the cards to friends of theirs. Each of them got about five or six postcards that on the back of it, there is a a secret address and a secret uh, number on the back of it that if they write that 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 uh, email address and tell me the number on that card, I'll get them a free book. And so, oh, you know, wow. okay. they, so they've got some things like that that they're out helping people find out about me. That's what a street team does. Right. It's, it's, that's what they do. And I, I don't know how and good I am at it. I've never done yes. Yeah, but there, it sounds like – because I always – I don't know. I, I I didn't know what a street team was, but it, it sounds like they're probably more effective because they love your work, and so you know they're almost like your unpaid salespeople, right? Because they love the product so much, they love you and your writing. So that sounds like a, a fantastic you know way to get the word out. And like you said, yes. so many people kind of turn off the more buy your book, buy my book tweets. You know what I mean? That that people see so much noise 
it, it turns them off. Yes. But if you, they hear from someone who actually experienced your writing and, and loved your book, that's probably more meaningful. So that's, that sounds like great. So it sounds like you're doing a lot in terms of promotion. So hats off to Fine. you. And a three-week blog tour, you know, that's, that's, I think people don't realize how much time a blog tour takes. And so to yep. do, like I did a one-week blog tour, and in between, you know, your real life, and and everything else, it was exhausting because you had to, you know, write blogs. And blog writing a blog is very different writing from writing your book. It, it has to be very right. concise and and it has to be pithy and and topical. And, and it takes a long time to do it well. So um, three weeks. Uh, well, and this is just the beginning think, of your talk. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think, but I'm like at 35 different blogs. And so I've had oh to write gosh. 35 different ones, and I think I've got maybe eight left to write. And I started writing my blogs in early October and sending them on in to people, which they don't, people love getting the blogs early, so they don't mind if you send it ahead of time. So I've been trying to keep at least a week ahead, and I'm, I'm about, I've, I've got to get back to writing some blogs. Um, but, yeah, and, and you're, everyone has to be different. I mean, you can't, you can't reuse mm-hmm. blogs. I mean, you, that, you could, I suppose, but... I would be cheated as if, if somebody came visited and I hosted somebody on my site and they just recycled stuff to me. I, I wouldn't have them back. So I want, it, I want it to be entertaining and I want it to be funny. The blog I did today was 10 statements, and you had to figure out which ones were lies about me and which ones were truths about me. And uh, oh, my so editor... So give us, yeah, give us, give yeah. us the truth. <laughs> oh, I think give the one that everybody laughs... One of the truths is when I was in college, my parents let the FBI use our basement to stake out a drug house in the neighborhood, and I came home unexpectedly from college, and they thought I was in the neighborhood to do a drug deal because they didn't know who I was, and my parents hadn't bothered to tell them, and my parents weren't home. They had gone to a football game. (laughs) And so they started following me around the neighborhood trying to find out what I was doing there, and I drove to a friend's house and was telling her about these two guys that were following me in a car, and her dad with charging out when they when the car pulled up with these two guys in it, came charging out. So when my parents got home, I'm like, Mother, why didn't you tell me we had the FBI in the basement staking out a house? Oh, uh, we forgot. What? <laughs> Mother? <laughs> How do you forget that? that was, How do you forget that? I don't know. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it looks like somebody keeps trying to call in. We might have a caller who wants to ask a question, oh. if you don't mind. No, um, sure. I'm going to let them answer. I don't know if it's. All right, let's see if this will work. Hi, um, you're on the air. You're, um, did you have a question for Cynthia? Hello? Caller? Hello? All right, we have a, we have a shy caller. Shy caller, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, well, it, it sounds really fun. You know, before we – we're actually running a little bit out of time, but I just wanted to maybe – Maybe have you talk a little bit more about, I think, some of the, the recent books that you have coming up, and, and maybe tell us a little bit more about what the Maverick series is about, and, and if you okay. have a favorite character you want to talk about. I, I can't. Well, and this may date me, and I don't know how many listeners would remember an old television story, story called The Big Valley, and but it was Barbara Stanwyck, and then she had three sons and a daughter. And the Montgomery family is sort of of that, uh, based on a a similar breakdown, except there's a father in this one, large, wealthy uh, Texas family. 
three brothers, a daughter, and the first story was, and it's, it's Texas Montgomery Mavericks, and I don't know that people really realize in the first book, the Maverick was the woman, because it was Olivia, the daughter, and she 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 was the maverick and in this book it's her older brother travis and he's a widower and has been a widower for about 10 years his wife died at 26 from breast cancer and he was never going to marry again which was fine with him he was sort of comfortable you know he figured he'd had his love and life and um the the heroine is the traveling doctor she's in town going to be gone in six months and so she's got one foot out the door but she's got a grandmother that is dying, and her grand she her grandmother raised her. She would do anything for this woman, anything. And the grandmother's fondest wish is for Caroline, my heroine, to have um, a love in her life the way that her grandmother Mamie had. And so Caroline makes up a white lie and has been telling her grandmother about this marvelous man she's dating named Travis Montgomery. And... Um, as it gets closer to her grandmother's time that she's going to die, she figures she's got to do something, and it's the only thing she can do for her grandmother, and she convinces Travis to stage a fake wedding at her grandmother's bedside so that her grandmother can die in peace. And he doesn't want to do it, but he agrees because Caroline has something he wants. And so you always have to have something that he wants, and they eat, they, so they do an exchange. He'll do something for her, but she has to give him something that he wants, and he's been wanting for years, and it's a piece of property. And so they do, and it's going to be, you know, they'll just go back to their lives when it's all over because grandmother lives in Arkansas, and nobody will ever know anything about this. But grandma was a judge. Now, one of my very good friends growing up, her daughter is Emily uh, Milholland Reynolds, and she's in private pra- she's in practice up in Northwest Arkansas. She's a lawyer, and so I talked to Emily about my story a few years ago and said, "Em, you know, what am I going to do about how how can I make them be married when they had this fake wedding?" And she said, "Oh, I'll tell you how." She says, "There's a law in Arkansas that says if you have a marriage license and you've witnessed, even if you never file that marriage license." You're married. And so their plan had been to have this marriage license, and they would just never file it. So it didn't, you know, never file it, it mm-hmm. never exists. Except in Arkansas, it doesn't work that way. And so they don't know that because they're both from Texas. So they get caught up in this whole situation of, of their own making, mind you. But it, it, it turns out to be very interesting for both of them to come to the realization that uh, the town finds out that, that they've had this marriage and they've had this ceremony and, and what happened. So that's what's happening in Texas Tango. And obviously I named my, my books after dances. And, and, of course, if you've ever watched the tango, it's fast, it's quick, but they have to move together. They have to keep their steps. They've got to keep their, their story straight to everybody else. It's very much like a tango. And, and it also be, a tango is very sexy. And the book becomes they become very in, ingrained with each other, so it's kind of a fun read. Um, I don't, I, I don't write real antsy, but um, and I like to have a little humor, and I hope that some of the um, interchange between my hero and heroine makes you laugh, and that's what I hope. I, I want you to smile, I want you to to laugh, but I also want you to fall in love all over again because that's that's why I write romance. I like falling in love over and over and, and the, the the feelings that we all went through when we first fell in love. And, and that's why I like romance. 
I like to give people those kind of feelings when they when they've read my books. So that's that's the storyline of the family, and we're working our way through the through the uh, siblings and some cousins. So that's what's going on with that with with that storyline. Well, it it sounds great, and like I said, it sounds like a wonderful escape from everyday life. Uh, and I, I love the relationship with the families, and I especially love the mo- the grandmother and the the daughter uh, the granddaughter relationship. It it I I I always like to, I, and I do that in my own writing. I kind of like to talk about the um, or show the relationship among the various generations of women, and then we yes. throw a couple of sexy guys in <laughs> to keep things interesting. Yeah. But anyway, absolutely. well, Cynthia, you have just yeah, absolutely, so Cynthia, you have been just an absolutely wonderful guest, and I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And it Thank sounds you like for your blog tour is is being kicked off, and you have some wonderful prizes and it sounds like you have some wonderful articles coming through so i hope everyone will follow that and they can find that i assume all that information on your website um yes. so anyway have a have a wonderful three weeks on your blog tour and i wish you <laughs> much much success with with these great books they sound wonderful so again thanks so much for for joining nice girls reading naughty books and i hope i can convince you to come back some other time um anyway i just I'd wanted love to, to Yes, no, absolutely. It was great. So thanks so much. Uh, just wanted to update everyone else on what's coming up with Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I have some wonderful, wonderful guests coming up. I have Kate Masters, and I have Rita Plush and Virginia Cavanaugh. And you can check out the Blog Talk Radio um, page to find out the dates of those interviews. And I'll also, um, if I have some time, we'll post them on my website. And my website, again, is BernadetteWalsh.com. Also want to remind everyone about the Devlin Witch, the fourth book in my Devlin Legacy series, is out and available, and all four books are um, less than $4 each. And some of them, I think, are only $1.99, so they're quite the bargain. So please check them all out. It's Devil's Mountain, Devil's Shore, Devil's Daughter, and The Devlin Witch. So those are my four books in my Paranormal series. So please, please check them out, and there's all kinds of information. Um, you can see all the covers and the excerpts and some reviews on my web- website, and that's www.bernadettewalsh.com. So anyway, thanks so much for joining me this evening. It's Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. This is your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.